morning, good afternoon. Buenos días y buenas tardes. This is the Breakfast with Betty podcast. Your source for entertainment, inspiration, and of course, chisme. I'm Betty Williams, your host, also known as Betty Pastelitos. I am a self-proclaimed radio bimba who loves to share wisdom, have fun, talk to other people. I love to know what's all the hottest chisme going around. So consider this podcast as your little escape from la misma cosa every day. Kind of like the little cafecito that you take every afternoon to give yourself that little kick that you need to finish the day. I'll be here for you whenever you need me. All right, let's get into it. Hello, welcome to the Breakfast with Betty podcast. Hi, how are you? Kiss on the cheek. Welcome to this space. If it is your first time here, don't worry. Most of us are new here, including me, because this is only episode three. I did not mean to make that rhyme. Today's episode is, what does it mean to be a Latina millennial mommy? And by that, I mean anybody who's currently a mommy, anybody who's expecting to be a mommy, and also anybody who's been minding their own business and has been called mommy by somebody else, whether that was somebody at a bakery, somebody at a gas station, or somebody in Santa's Enchanted Forest. If that has happened to you, this episode is for you as well if you don't have children of your own. So why did I decide to do this episode? Well, a few weeks back, I posted a TikTok that kind of sparked my interest in explaining this further, explaining this identity that I have as a Latina millennial mom. So what was the TikTok? Well, there's a trend going around where different professionals such as ICU doctors, trauma nurses, um, cops, firefighters, teachers, different people are coming on and saying things that they would never do now working in the profession they do. For example, uh, after being a financial advisor for millionaires, these are the top five things I would never do with my money and so on and so forth. So I decided to do like a half funny, half informative one of the things that I wouldn't do as a Latina millennial mom. And I talked about things like I would never force my kids to only eat comida in la casa when there's comida in la calle. Or I talked about I would never force my kids to have to hug and kiss all family members at a party. And while that that TikTok blew up, Well, it went viral for me. I'm very new to the TikTok scene. I've been mostly an Instagrammer. Check me out, Betty Patelitos, on both platforms. And so since I'm very new on TikTok, that video got a a couple thousand views and the comment section was lit. And most of it was people agreeing with me being like, oh, I'm a millennial too and I would never do that. Oh, I was raised like you and I would never do that. But two comments stood out to me, and even though they were haterade comments, I like to use that for content. I like to use that to reply to people, to explain things. Um, 
one necessary, right? Because sometimes people want to be trolls just to be trolls. But sometimes I think it's okay to reply to these videos. So one of the comments was somebody saying, you're white. And like, obviously, if you've ever seen me, yeah, my skin is white, but I don't identify as a white woman. I identify primarily as a Latina. And then the other comment was something along the lines of like, I don't think this has anything to do with being a millennial. And while I think it has everything to do with being a millennial, because our generation was parented in a certain way, the generation before us was parented in a certain way, future, the generation after us is being parented in a certain way, and so on and so forth. Your time in history and the things that you your peers and the people around you went through the historical events that you lived through the traumas um that you all went through collectively does affect you who you are as a person and who you are as a parent who you are as a co-worker so to touch on that comment yes i think it has everything to do with being a millennial so I decided to do this episode where I set some common ground on what is a Latina millennial mommy. A lot of my episodes are going to be uh, tailored to this population. So how do I identify? Well, first of all, a millennial is anybody born between 1981 and 1996, which I was... Shout out to all the specific 90 kids. And according to that calculation, 1981 to 1996, I fall somewhere almost in the middle. And then in terms of being a Latina, well, there are first generation Latinas and first generation immigrants. Those are people who are foreign born. So in our case, those are people who are living here in the United States who were born in another country. This is my parents. Both of my parents were born in another country. My mom was born in Cuba and my dad was born in Argentina, but they live here now. I, on the other hand, I am a second generation Latina, a second generation immigrant. When you're second generation, that means that at least one of your parents is foreign born, right? In my case, both of my parents are foreign born. So that makes me second generation. And I am second generation immigrant and second generation Latina. Some people may be second generation European or African, Australian, Asian, whatever it may be. But both of my parents come from Latin countries. Why are these characteristics important? Who you are, your background, it makes you, right? Like, I, I don't feel like I have to explain that, but um, apparently to that one uh, com you know, person that commented on my video, I, I, I do have to explain that the fact that how I was raised is affecting who I am as a parent. And, you know, I, I strongly identify with this because being born and raised in Miami, I was raised around mostly first and second generation kids myself. So uh, the way that I assimilated to even American culture is very different. You know, every region and area in the United States has its own culture. People in Alaska are very different from people in Texas, are very different from people in California, and so on and so forth. And us in Miami, we kind of live in this pocket where 
we a lot of what we do here is really based on the culture that our parents are bringing in and the way that they're assimilating it in here especially when we were growing up where i grew up like i said around a lot of people who were either from another country or their parents were just like mine but our kids are now being raised around you know their parents right so like us our kids are being raised a little bit more Americanized, as you would say. And our kids don't have that heavy influence from our parents or even our grandparents. I think it's important to note these things because we don't realize how much that really affects us. Another thing that really made me think about this is because we all enjoy the good, like, oh, our Cuban abuela videos, like things that Cuban abuelas say, things that our parents did growing up, things my Hispanic mom does, all these things. And one day I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, I'm a Latina mom. I'm a Latina mom and I don't do those things that they say in the video, right? Oh, well, it's because they mean the boomer Latina moms. They mean the Latina moms that immigrated here in the 80s, in the 90s, and before that, right? So that makes me also a Latina mom, but a different kind of Latina mom. I'm the Latina mom that was raised here by a different type of Latina mom. And now I'm marching to the beat of my own drum or bongos, I guess you could say. Hey, hey. Um, so I'm doing things my own way. And I have really started to look at that in my own lens. And I really started to look at like, what does that mean? And I do believe there are things that we are doing that are not perfect that we don't see right now that our kids are going to make fun of us in videos, right? Like our kids are going to be like, oh, my Latina mom. And they're going to be talking about me or whatever they're going to call us, right? My millennial mom. These are the things that my millennial mom did. And there's going to be thousands of likes and comments and funny and people cracking up. and people, But we don't see it happening right now. And I try to pick those things out, right? Like I try to say like, man, like what is it that I'm doing now that my kids are going to come back and be like, I can't believe you raised us this way. So for example, things that our parents did that that I don't see us doing for our kids is you know a big part of it is what I'm talking about that assimilation you know my dad never fully assimilated to the American culture because my dad only speaks Spanish he doesn't speak English so I feel like a lot of what my dad does growing up it was like que don't do that how embarrassing but it's really because he didn't know it's not like he was trying to be a bad dad but it was just like he was doing things like that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense to the families on full house <laughs> the families that i grew up seeing but it was just his way of doing things a lot of the other things i didn't really notice until i left so I went to FSU for two years. You know, I am a diehard UM fan now, but I did go to FSU for two years. And it was when I left to FSU and I was over there. That's when I really realized how Latina I am and how different I am. I remember one of the first days of school. And this is when FSU, there wasn't that many Miami people because now it's a pretty popular school to go to. But back then, like, even from my high school, I went to a very large high school. There was only four of us that went to FSU. Now that's like the hip and popping school to go to. 
But anyways, I remember one of my first classes, some girls putting their purses on the floor and I was besides myself. I was like, oh my God, she's crazy. I can't believe that girl's putting her purse on the floor. I grew up with my mom. Like you couldn't even like put the purse anywhere near the floor, right? Because that's just like one of our Cuban superstitions. And all those little things just started happening little by little by little. And I just started to realize like, wow, I really was raised different than so many other things. There are so many things outside of the Miami culture that I didn't realize. Another example, I guess you could say, of things our parents did with us that we're probably never going to do with our kids is how many of us didn't grow up having to be our parents' translators, our parents' gatekeepers for passwords. We were the ones calling insurance companies. We were the ones having to argue with debt collectors or the tax guy or... um just random like making appointments uh the geico person so many of us had to be that person for our parents at such an early age i look at my daughter now who's in elementary and if i handed her her the phone and told her to talk to bank of america like she would just be like hey do you play roblox i could never imagine giving my daughter the phone and being like figure this out and tell me what the lady is saying yet how many of us didn't go through that and i mean not that it's a bad thing that built character for us in such a ways and it's something that our kids aren't getting right now which isn't bad that doesn't mean that when they're 20 they're not going to know how to talk on the phone It's those little things that I think about that I think is making us unique. Something else, you know, that I feel like we went through. And this is something I see more on like um, socials from people from other Hispanic cultures. But, you know, we grew up eating quote unquote weird food to where our kids um, and not weird food, right? Because we're not going to like... In my elementary, they served arroz picadillo y frijoles on the reg. Like, we had arroz con pollo in my school. Like, we had all of these things. We didn't grow up eating, like, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, and pizza. But I admit it, our kids are. And for as much as we try, you know, our a lot of our kids do, like, arroz con frijoles or whatever. But, like, that's not, like, the food that they're really being grown up with. And I don't want to speak for other parents around Miami you know, my older daughter doesn't eat like that, but my younger daughter, like, she's still an infant, so she is eating like that. But these are the kind of conversations that I want to have on my Instagram where I post, you know, about this episode. Like, I want to know with no judgment, right? But I know I can't throw it down in the kitchen. My grandma did or my mom did, and that's maybe why my daughter doesn't eat that way <laughs> because she's not getting the full experience and the full taste you know, I do not shy away from when I want arroz con frijoles, like opening a can of black beans from Goya. But my daughter is not going to eat that. So, um, and what I meant about, you know, growing up eating weird foods that I see from other Hispanic cultures, like you see those things um, on Instagram of like people who used to bring pan con aguacate to school or they would bring like the avena drink or whatever, like... I think us as millennial parents, like we're giving our kids those things that we grew up seeing that we were never able to eat. At least that happened with me, right? Like 
my mom would never send me to school with a fruit roll up or whatever but like if that's something my daughter asked for now i'm like yeah get it let's eat it it wasn't the commercials i don't know i feel like that was one way where my parents didn't have that like assimilation to the culture that like they didn't really do that it was like you eat the foods that that we're used to eating i don't know so let me see something else that comes to mind to me for like i think a really big thing about being a millennial parent is the access to information our parents were not parenting with all of the information the way we are so for those of us on pinterest on buzzfeed on instagram on all these social media websites we are constantly being bombarded with information in a way that our parents weren't. And this can go both ways. This can be a good thing and this can be a thing that causes us unnecessary parent guilt, mental health, I think can even increase our postpartum anxiety and depression. So let's break that down really quick. On the positive side, there's the stuff of we are being exposed to information such as different ways to talk to our kids, ways that we weren't talked to, different educational things that we can do with our kids. We are being reminded more to be more present. We are being reminded more that it's more important to be with our kids rather than have this clean, perfect, tidy house. You know, we're seeing other parents get down and dirty with their kids and be the ones in the pool and be the ones doing the, you know, like fun crafts and activities and doing all these things with our kids. So, you know, in that sense, we have access to that kind of information of how even though if you're not good at art, how you can do an art project with your child. But then on the other hand... We also are being bombarded with information that might be hurtful. And our parents never went through this. Maybe this is something our parents never spoke to us about, or at least not me. But I don't think our parents were raised with that kind of mom guilt that we face. So for example, the whole breastfeeding and formula issue. I don't think our parents ever felt that guilt for giving a child formula versus breast milk but if you go down the wrong route on social media you might end up in places that's telling you that it's bad if you give your child formula it's bad if you don't try to breastfeed it's bad if you don't do it this way it's bad if you give your child a this kind of bottle versus that kind of bottle and those things lead to a lot of guilt that we face that I don't think our parents faced and this is coming from that very easy access to information that we have so I think that oh and another thing that I think gives us a lot of that guilt is these perfectly curated pictures that we see then we start feeling like well I don't have that type of room for my daughter I don't have that type of backyard for my daughter my car doesn't look like that and I think that you know, and yes, like our parents still saw these things, right? Like if you're driving around, they looked in magazines or whatnot. But I feel like sometimes we don't separate ourselves from that. And that like increases that anxiety, that um, worry, that parent guilt that we sometimes face as millennials. 
And I think, um, I don't know how future generations are going to react to that. Because we came into technology in a time where we were just testing it out. We were figuring out. We were like, okay, what is going on? So I think that the generations after us, when they start parenting, are uh, might see it different or, you know, might face different problems when it comes to that access to information. They might be better at blocking out the negative ones. They might be focusing on different things than what we are focusing on. And that's going to be interesting to see. With everything that I just discussed from how being Latina affects us, how our parents being first or second generation affects us, how being millennials affects us, how our access to technology affects us, all of this combined, you wrap it up into a little package (laughs) that makes a Latina millennial mom. So I don't, I don't know how any of this information has reached you. I don't know how it has made you feel. I don't know if you've ever thought of these same things, but these are the things that I want to know. These are the things that I want you to come to my Instagram and whether you want to be anonymous and tell me in my DMs or you want to find, you know, the post that's going to be about this. You'll see like episode three um, and let's talk about it. Like, what resonated with you? What do you disagree with? What other points have I not made that are things that you might have noticed that you might have um, been more aware of? Let's talk about it. Let's see. Um, let's see where we all stand in this. So thank you for being here and listening to me blab. You know, I've had like um, people in my life who are like, you know, like when you have those unofficial life coaches that they tell me like, you should just journal. I don't like to sit and journal because that makes my hand hurt. And because the way my brain works, I think it goes too fast. So I really like this space. And I really like that I'm getting more and more comfortable in my shoes to just come on here and talk to whoever's listening right now. So I can express myself. These thoughts I've had trapped in a while for a while, like, like what makes the way that I'm a mom unique to the way that my mom was a mom. So uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for being here on my journey. I hope you stick around for more. And if you have any topics or anything else that you would like to talk to me about, send them my way so that I can be inspired to talk about that too. I have already like my next eight episodes planned out. I have so much that I want to tell you guys from my fostering journey to events that us as millennials went through to, of course, achievement, right? Like any hot gossip that comes our way in the next couple weeks, I will be covering. So don't go far. Stick around for episode four. Actually, it is going to be up right now. So make sure you go and listen to episode four and episode five. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bueno, mi gente, eso todo for today. If anything on today's episode entertained you or inspired you or had your inner chief mosa jumping for joy, make sure you rate and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. Also, share this episode with one of your favorite chief mosas. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Until next time, dale, bye.